What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's showtime. Picture it. Can I do that? I'm Sailor Moon, the champion of justice. The power is yours. Thunder. Thunder. to this week's Radical Retro Rewind podcast. We are in the month of February. This is the week of love. Here to join me and discuss romance and crushes is Rob from Friends with the Hollowells and Movie Geek and Proud. Welcome back. Hello, Ryan. Good to be back. Listeners, I am here to give you the cynical side of Amore. You'll hear Ryan with his very big optimistic ways of love while I'm here <laughs> to give you the real. It's nothing but sadness and empty lies and broken promises. This is actually fantastic because how many people out there are feeling this week sick of love already? You don't want to hear about it when people are all mushy and gooey and hanging on their significant other. There are people out there don't want to celebrate love, so we are here for both of you. (laughs) There you go. But yes, we also want to kind of shed light as this show does, is how stuff went down back in the day, the retro way of love, how we conveyed our crushes and our likeness to people in the 90s and how it was done. So we'll bring that to you today. The the tradition and, and one of the things that we did back in the 90s is still going, I don't know if it's strong, but Rob, do you remember the paper Valentines in the boxes? This is what really, when I think of Valentine's Day, I think of a box from the store with a themed Valentine. Those little paper paper cards, those paper cards or whatever. Yeah, of course. You know, in school, we would, you know, have a Valentine's Day. And so we made these little like baskets or something to kind of hang on the side of your desk. And it would be this, like, it would be two construction paper and we would staple it and then it would create a box or a bag or just something to hold stuff in and then you spend 30 minutes going around putting all of your Valentine's Day cards in whoever's box you wanted to put it in and then you would just read them. But yeah, everybody would go out and buy the Scooby-Doo Valentine cards or the My Little Pony ones or the race car ones. Oh my ones. god, right? And this was a big deal because for the people that you like, not even like, but the people that you were friends with, you might have picked out a different character for them than the other people 
people you're just like, okay, I just gotta give one for everyone in the class, but here's this generic ugly one. The, this character I don't like, you're getting Did you it. feel pressured on getting the most? Like, did that do anything for you? And like, you know, like, did it make a difference if you didn't get many versus like looking at somebody who did? For some reason, the first time I remember, like if I go back in my memory, I automatically go to fifth grade for some fourth reason. Fourth grade. Like, that was fourth grade for me. Fourth grade yeah, you're going to? Fourth grade for me, yeah. Okay, so a year later for me, fifth grade, that's really what I'm thinking of. And at that time, this is, as I famously say, was overweight Ryan, shy, shy Ryan, listening to Dark Shadows in the fifth grade. If I got any, I was extremely, extremely happy <laughs> that I was not left out for being overweight. And Yeah, I got my good share of cards. I, you know, I was very popular with the women, but for a but it was for a different reason a, di- a reason that i didn't know and they knew <laughs> uh, they smelt it on they you. sure no. did because i had no idea but yeah no i was very popular with the ladies in my class and oh yeah i got plenty of you know cards from from them and whatnot but yeah no i participated in that all the time and you know i also had small boxes of the sweet candy hearts with the messages on them sweet heart yes a classic till today i'm sorry i'm going to fast forward just a little bit this is sometime in middle school so it had to have been either eighth or ninth grade my first ever quote-unquote girlfriend because it was only for like three weeks she gave me a present with like it was probably like a box of chocolate or candy or something but she created a letter and she would write some of it but then use the candy to fill in the blanks and she would glue it or paste it on the thing so i would be reading a full-fledged letter with those sweetheart like candies as part of the message and I have never seen anything so creative or got a present like that in my life since then. It was that so crazy. That is adorable. But then, are you expected to eat that off almost like those, you know those dots, those yeah. colored dots on the paper no, that you just eat the paper? <laughs> and the paper no, I'd never it? ate them. But, but <laughs> here's the thing. Remember, I'm here for the cynical side of love. So this letter was delivered, I think, a little earlier before the actual day. So on the actual day. Prepping, she wanted to lock you down before. <laughs> on the actual day i before my class started i caught her putting another note in my locker and i was like oh okay so i grabbed it before the bell rang she broke up with me on v-day for who and why? i love how and it's when? for somebody yeah. else but yeah she let it go yeah it was it was so heartbreaking because there was no reason why it came out of nowhere it had to have been on the actual day valentine's day was tainted from that moment oh my god this is seventh Grade? Yeah, seventh or yeah, it was yeah, seventh. My God, I hope you took her candy letter and ripped it. I off. gave her a gift and I got it back because I was like, nope, this is mine. Um, which didn't matter. That was really cute back then when we did stuff like that, especially with the V Day cards. I will say that in one of my previous relationships, I attempted to do something as cheesy. It did not work at all, and I'm blaming it on the guy and not my idea because my ideas are beautiful. I actually bought, and I'm automatically blaming that man too and i don't even know (laughs) i bought those cards again and i wrote on each card a reason why i'm dating him and i put i hid them in places in our apartment that he would frequently go to when he gets ready for work so anytime he would go to get like clothes or to the bathroom to brush his teeth or to go get food like there would be something there and he would read it and i had woken up when he was getting up and like looking at it he would look at it read it and then put it down and then go to the oh, next no, one the- and i'm sitting here watching him do it and i'm just and he just lost the whole point of it there was nothing i guess romantic about it at all and no i'm sorry you're right that's the wrong person it's the wrong person it is not you that is an amazing idea i liked it but yeah it didn't it just kind of fell flat for him i didn't get the response that i thought i was gonna get but sometimes i think of like really crappy cheesy stuff like that <laughs> so that's not cheesy that is wrong romance and especially i'm assuming they were in the same were they in the same generation as as we are yes 
So to me, that would mean even more romantic and cute coming from our generation. Yeah, because that's how we did I don't know about, you know, who knows kids nowadays? I mean, they're still selling them, as we were saying, but do they really appreciate these? Now they come with tattoos, I have to say. I actually ended up, I went to the supermarket and I bought it. I wish I knew where I put these, which is the story of my life. They were a dollar only, Star Wars in the box, Valentine's Day cards, and they come with tattoos. So <laughs> That's awesome. For that evil person in the class, Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Ryan, do you still enjoy Valentine's Day? I do, I do. I will say it definitely meant more as you're younger and when you first first start dating somebody of course but this is what it is because i've had valentine's days prior to being in a relationship and it is the worst because everyone's talking about it almost throwing it in your face there's going to be instagram posts of people showing how perfect their love life is uh, to you know to flaunt in your face take that out of it for people that are really into it and still can find the joy and love in that i think it's a wonderful thing fair enough if you don't normally celebrate something and you're in a long-term relationship it's nice to still remember and have something that you hope brings, I don't know, love. <laughs> no, that's completely fair. I The idea of Valentine's Day is has not escaped me. And I think that if I was in a relationship, I would still make that as sort of a milestone or, or something of importance if my partner liked it too. If he literally was just like, I don't need Valentine's Day to be a thing in our relationship, then we wouldn't do it. I wouldn't feel bad about it. It is a little bit, not, not to say outdated, but as we are grown men, it becomes more about like how much money are you willing to put down doing things so extravagant for me i'm the type of guy that would do anything i would do on valentine's day every day so it's not something that is so big and like if we just so happen not to be able to celebrate it on that day i don't put that much pressure on myself nor do i expect that from whoever i'm with so v-day is a nice idea i just don't make it as important as any other holiday like I would treat my anniversary a lot bigger than V-Day. You know, that's just me. So that that's my take on Valentine's Day. But I don't know if this carries over from the fifth grade, fourth grade classes with the Valentine's Day card. I don't care about anything chocolate, whatever. Of course, I'll eat it. But... I still like a card. A card. That's all I need. A card with a nice little message. A dollar card. Make it yourself. <laughs> I don't care. I love that. You know, I think that means something. Like, I would rather that. I would rather you give me a card. So your love language, at least one of the top two, has to be word of affirmation. Yeah, I like that, of course. You want to you hear them say it. You wanna... I want it in writing, and I want to be able to go through my cabinet and go, mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I don't even need the card. Out. No, I don't even need the card. I just need them to be there. Just hang out. Just make it about me and be with me. Well, that it should be. It should. That's be. what I. You know, be. I will definitely value a card, but that is not something that I expect. V day can be V day without a card. I just want the time. So just hang with me, and we're good. We're totally good. I will say, if you are in a relationship. It would be nice if the person made the time for you, especially on this kind of day. But like you said, it it is a day of the week. Mm-hmm. An anniversary is probably and should be more important. But if you're a kid, and as we go on in this episode, you're going to hear some of our past memories and, cr- and, and crushes and things like that. But if you're a kid in like the fifth grade, this is a fun time. I hope they still make the little bags. With. I do too. They're probably recyclable bags now. But yeah. So other retro things. So Ryan, how did you let someone know that you had a crush or that you thought they were cute? If you did anything like that, what were some of these ways in the 90s that you conveyed that if you remember (laughs) probably not much i and still to this day i i blush i could blush it with like a dime over something like that so it's very clearly usually i would say written on my face because i i I would start to blush or get shy even the thought of talking i I don't i can't even imagine in the night no in the 90s you would have just seen a red-faced smiley well i guess that's my way that was my way i was very sneaky about it i mean it was sort of obvious because i know most people do it back in the day but i was very so one way that you can do so i mean before cell phones and all that you would write notes to each other in class or deliver it somehow a big thing was do you like me and you would make it like a test (laughs) 
and write the check boxes of yes, no, and maybe, and then and then pass it back and see what they say. And that's that girl that I just mentioned before. That's how I found out she was into me. I gave her a note with a yes, no, or maybe, and she wrote yes, or she checked the box. And so I did stuff that way. But here's the other thing. This is how I was able to sort of like let people know who my crushes were without doing it or saying it up front. You remember the game MASH. Of course. So with MASH, they ask you to list four women. And this was the category of who you're going to marry. Clearly, you are going to write down the names of the ones you think are the prettiest or ones you are thinking about if you did not do a celebrity version, right? Or you can do a mix. Be like, okay, here's a famous person. But then I'm going to put this one classmate in just just for giggles. Just see what happens. But clearly, you're just going to pick somebody that you're into. So I did that. And, you know, not to say that it didn't work but i'm just saying it's that was ways that you can let people know that you had a crush on them play mash see who they write down what about the notebook the little heart the cliche oh my god rob love you know i always thought those were bad luck and bad omens i never did that i no, i told myself i was like you don't do that in the notebook because you're just solidifying a breakup immediately Smart. i i just was never that type of person but you know what was also very popular was the photo booths or or they would definitely do mixtapes. I didn't do a mixtape, but I've seen them and I've heard them before. Have people given you mixtapes? No, no, I've never gotten a mixtape. And we're from the generation, it was like on the cusp, mixtape, mix CD as well. So anyone who is not from the late 90s listening, basically it's like a Spotify playlist that you send to someone. And it's list of songs that either convey oh, the feeling of how you feel about that person or a song that represents the two of you. So that is what we did and on a mixtape we had to put it on a cassette you know there was a side a and side b and that shit had to be in the exact order otherwise nope you're not for me (laughs) they will hate on you on the order of your songs you it has to tell the story otherwise it's a waste of time oh But I never made one. I just know what they are. I know how that all works. So though, at least those are kind of my memories as far as what Valentine's Day was back then. That's how you did it. So now that we've talked about Valentine's Day and the good, the bad, and the ugly, where does it start for us? So Rob and I grew up, we were born in the 80s, but let's we grew up in in the 90s. I mean, of course, there are people from the 80s that I will say definitely formed strong opinions but we definitely grew up in the 90s which is all the rage now so we're totally we are the trend is that (laughs) i guess so so in case you all didn't know by episode 17 of the radical retro rewind you are listening to two gay men so (laughs) at this point you're gonna hear a lot of moments that formed our gay minds and awakened something that was always there <laughs> Although I will say, I did throw one person in there just to give it up for our. Oh, strength. I have two. I have three. Okay, I, I can. I can oh, name three oh, right damn. now. I thought I was being generous. No. Here, Rob is throwing a basket at I- you. <laughs> I can have, I have three already set, but yes. I thought you were actually going to say, after F-17 episodes, could you not realize that Ryan can't speak the English language? (laughs) (laughs) Or pronounce names. pronounce names, yeah. Including today, please forgive me for any names in this list or people that we talk about that I pronounce wrong because I am sure there will be. Oh yeah, no, same for me. I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, there were moments in our childhood which TV was a big part of mine. This was my access to all the different shapes and sizes and people that was in this world. And of course, even before I even knew what these people meant to me, they did something. And then you can also go back and just notice the heartthrobs and the people from these past decades that have really shaped sort of what beauty looks like and what we gravitated to and we didn't even know it. So I'm going to start in the 80s. I will follow your lead and also start in the 80s, but because you are the amazing guest co-host, 
Honestly, at this point, why am I calling you a guest co-host? You are you're a revolving co-host, honestly. I- I'll take that. That that's good. <laughs> Rob, David, and in between. Yeah. <laughs> One of the moments that I remember from the '80s, or or a moment that I believe sort of like oh awakened this attraction towards men, just so happened to be in the '80s. And the first thing I'm gonna bring up is uh. 1985, Johnny Depp, who played Glenn in A Nightmare on Elm Street with his jock crop top and his sweats as he is hanging out in his bedroom before his infamous iconic death scene. Death in that That outfit and him in it was everything. And there are people in our generation who are still talking about that today. I've seen... As they I've seen two Halloween costumes in the past three years of the this image because it is a sexy thing. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina did this. Ross Lynch, her boyfriend Harvey, did an homage to that iconic outfit. It is still talked about today. And that is a moment that I will never forget when I when seeing that. He really started a trend with that. I mean, I know that that cropped football jersey look wasn't, I guess, new. But that definitely, I feel like, started something in real well, life. Well, I watched horror when I was younger at really early age. So, I mean, that obviously was one of the first few moments that I didn't know. But, I mean, it was something that I had noticed, of course. So, just thinking back, like, this was in the 80s. 1985, again. Good year. The- lead actor in this movie called The Last Dragon. The actor is... Vanity! Well, I mean, Vanity, yes. That is <laughs> definitely the gay. But it was her love interest, Tymac, who played Leroy. And Tymac is a beautiful, gorgeous, light-skinned man. Like, he is just so gorgeous. He's always shirtless. He knows how to fight. He's the hero of our story. And I love the way he speaks in yes. that movie. He's got, like, a very calm yes, does. tone. Yes. So, so that is... Something you may not know, Ryan. So do you remember MTV Singled Out? It was a game show with Chris Hardwick and Jenny McCarthy as a co-host. And that one guy or girl would sit behind a curtain or whatever. And then he would say things about what he looks for in a woman. And if they didn't fit that description, they would all come and reveal themselves like, up. Oh, I don't have this. You just gave this up and a whole bunch of people. And then it's like next. They did that later with next on the bus. So Tymac was a contestant on Singled Out. Yeah. It was so interesting to see him. Now, this is, is this, this is out definitely after. Yeah. I was going to say, wow. So he, okay. So he had his fame at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, but I don't think he kind of went on there as a celebrity. I think he just went on there as a regular Joe who just so happened to act if I can remember correctly, but he's also on there. I'm sure this has to be on YouTube. Uh, So yes, I will start out with that. So Ryan, you go, what's something in the eighties. And he found his glow. Let me just tell you in that movie, (laughs) his glow. And he found it. He is an attractive. I love that you've seen this movie. Thank the Lord. Oh my God. Seventh Heaven and Elevator Dog. That was the jam. You can. I love that song and still play it to this day. Finally find my place. So I look this up because I was trying to tie this all in. And I figured out at what age I realized I was attracted to men by deducing this for this show. The movie Flash Gordon came out in 1980. This is a remake starring Sam Jones. I was born in 1985. The VHS for this movie came out in 1993 is the earliest I could find it, which makes sense based on what I remember because I was, okay, so I was eight years old. Eight years old, for anyone who questions that people don't know at a young age. Eight years old, Blockbuster, we had a whole episode about Blockbuster, used to have these little pamphlets with the movies that were coming out or the movies they currently had. I love those. Oh my God, I love those pamphlets. You would just read about everything coming out. Yes. And they had little pictures. I saw Sam Jones without his shirt in a screen cap of Flash Gordon, eight years old. And then I saw the movie and I didn't know what it was, but that awakened it. Sam Jones, still love this movie. I dressed up as him for Halloween years ago. And instead of blonde, it was like a Joker green 
hair, but I, I tried to emulate him in homage a few years ago when I was in my 20s. I'm so glad I got to do this because I'm like, when did the VHS come out? Because 1980 makes no sense. How would I see this in a blockbuster? But I remember to this day seeing that blockbuster ad and that screen cap and all of a sudden i love men <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing anything else in the 80s oh well i do have a few honorable mentions we did do grease 2 on this show a little while ago maxwell crawford or caulfield again excuse me who actually liked a video on the instagram you were for so grease excited 2. when that happened oh <laughs> i squealed because as a little boy michael was everything in Grease 2. 80s, I should also do an honorable mention to Tommy Jarvis number two from Friday the 13th, New Beginning, John Shepard. He was he was so damaged, but he was very cute. I will second that. Oh my god. And yes. just to throw in, just that whole entire franchise as far as the 80s was nothing but men in short shorts and speedos and just sharing the best hairy bodies that you can find. They picked some of the prime men of that generation to be in those movies. And of course, just looking upon all of that when watching those horror movies was a huge delight. A huge delight. So, yes. Should this be when we reveal that coming this summer... Ah, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> by the way, we will be reviewing every Friday the 13th movie starting in June of 2020 all the way up to Friday the 13th of August. So the original Friday the 13th all the way number one through Freddy versus Jason which will end on Friday the 13th in August. I'm so excited to do this. The timing of Um, it all. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I know Rob likes a certain Yeah, I I think counselor in, in my favorite one. Yeah, I will be attending my favorite one. I won't tell you which one yet, but yes i will definitely be popping up through this series to review with ryan so that's gonna be fun but yeah the the men in friday 13th movies were great i just have two other ones in the 80s and it this is an ensemble the cast of the outsiders they were some very very gorgeous men together you've got i can't say i'm naming them in order but this is from memory ralph macchio was in it and he was so goddamn adorable in that and just him in general is just a gorgeous man uh, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe looked phenomenal in oh, that Rob. movie. Yes. It still looks amazing to this yeah, day. Yeah. Oh my so, God. like, the cast of Outsiders, this is 1983, just a bunch of greasers without the music. Also, the cast of The Lost Boys. Like, wow. Jason Patrick with his earring and those lips. Corey Haney. Jason as another Michael. Yeah. I guess that was the name of the yes. 80s. Michael in the Lost Boys, he's actually was on one of my honorable yeah mentions. Corey Haim um um Kiefer Sutherland Alex Winter even looked so oh, yeah. good my man from Charmed you know his name like his vampire click like all of those men looked so good with their long hair and their- the saxophone man with the chain and yeah he was like all greased <laughs> up the- he was all oiled up playing that I still listen to that song with that Michael Bolton hair I, the song is called I Still Believe. I love that song. I love that song. I don't know if it's because of that big buff dude who was playing it, but he he was shining. It's the whole ambiance, I think, of that scene, too. It's like night, fire going, vampires. Mm. Yeah. And you ask why people love the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, as far as the 80s goes, those are some of the, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, but those are some of the things that stood out. Dolph Lundgren. For me. Yes, exactly. He-Man, all that jazz. So now, if we were to jump a generation into the 90s. Yeah, the 90s. God, the 90s. Okay, so. Lay it on me. Talk about it. Talk about it. All right, so this is my, like, actual sexual awakening. Like, this was the moment where I had to really look back and be like, why am I looking at this so closely? And it was, I forget what year, the music video on TRL, The Backstreet Boys, Quit Playing Games With My Heart, 
when their video is there in the rain and they have those open button shirts and they the camera literally focuses on their wet bodies and their abs and i'm watching this video and i'm just like why do i care right now and i cared so much and honest i cared so hard <laughs> i honestly had to take a step back and be like why is this happening but that was a very pivotal moment in the 90s for me to see this not only, I think this was obviously an appropriate time in the 90s, as far as my age, to notice all of the ads and magazines and, oh, you know, the yes. underwear models on those packaged underwears of Hanes at Target and at the mall, all of those pictures. Okay, the song came out as their fourth single, 1996. Okay, 1996. Yeah, that sounds about right. Wow, so I beat you at yeah, no. Flash Gordon as a little I boy. I was, was really. I was really thirsty. I was a very late bloomer as far as realization. But, you know, I can look back and say, like, before I was, you know, whatever. But that was a moment to myself. I was, I came in super late. Very, very. This is not meaning sexual at eight years yeah. old. But there's this something that, I don't know. I, I, I can't No, you can't just know. It, I mean, like something that you, yeah, yeah, you just know. You just it know. happens for, there's something. It happens for heteros. So, I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. But yeah, that, that was a serious moment. I feel like we were in the height. I mean, every generation, of course, has teen heartthrobs and teen mm -hmm. idols. But I feel like the 90s was almost one of the biggest and one of the hot peakest of teen idols. And and we just took it to another beyond, I feel like, in the 90s. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, so that that was a big thing. And I had teen people subscribed for the longest time. I can't imagine what you saw in the... I kept all of those magazines for the longest time. I hate that I don't have any. But any time there came a point where I had to throw them out, I would definitely rip off my favorite covers and keep them as a keepsake and yeah they were great i love that magazine one other one was 1993 and i have a lot in the 90s because obviously this is our thing so we may be here for a while but like 1993 so his name is mike vitar who played ben in the sandlot he was our rodriguez our oh my god this man was super cute he was just athletic do you remember the scene where they're playing against the other group of boys you know our team is up to bat or whatever and they go through the montage of everybody batting and then it comes ben and he's just got this stature do you remember they focus so much on him like okay it's ben's turn he's about to lay it down and he's got this stature on him and he hits it out of the park and it, like hot but then like elevate that up he grew up a little bit he went on to be louise in mighty ducks 2 d2 and he was our newest member on the ducks he looked sensational on that movie so sports movie yeah. sports movie we talked about typecasting on I know, this right? podcast before <laughs> yes he is the sports job he was a a good awakening for that too he he was amazing i definitely had a crush on him for sure <laughs> Okay, 90s. Let me give my one bone to the opposite beautiful sex. Now, this is not any in a sexual way at all, but when I tell you I love a female character and I love her, Rob, who am I going to say? Oh my God, who are you going to say? 1998, Shannon Doherty. <laughs> Prue Halla. Really? For me, that woman is perfect. I, I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. She's the baddest witch here. I am watching her in 2020. That character, I love her. She's a sexy, smart, powerful woman giving up to Prue Hollowell. I mean, again, and it's not in a sexual way with any means. That woman is gorgeous as well. Smart, strong, loving, protective, funny. Oh my god, I'm so biased. So that's just my little no, side. I totally get that. I had my share of girl crushes as well. In fact, I had a poster of Dawson's Creek's Katie Holmes on my wall. I had the biggest crushes on brunettes back in the day. Or, you know, just like the plain Janes. Like, I didn't give a care about, like, heavy makeup models or anything like that. I like the plain Janes. So we're talking about the Pipers. Yeah. Dawson's Creek. Yeah, this is why Piper's my favorite. And, you know, I don't see plain jane as a you know like a, a diss or like a negative i i find them to be 
gorgeous to me. They're naturally, yeah. naturally pretty. And Katie Holmes fit that. And then Eliza Dushku to this day is still one of my favorite actresses because I think she's one of the most gorgeous women on the planet. There's something very sexy about her as yeah. well. Just her look. Jennifer Love Hewitt was also a big thing for oh, me. Beautiful. And Nev Campbell. Like those two on Party of- Oh, you were in Shokin! Oprah! Yeah, no, like those two on Party of Five used to like send me up the wall and then mixed in with Scott Wolf. Like Scott Wolf was everything on Party of Five. And yeah. Scott Wolf was. He's he was that was definitely and Matthew Fox when he was especially when he was on Lost. Mm -hmm. Lately I saw a picture. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Like I swear, if look up him in 2020, you're gonna crap your pants. You're gonna say what happened to Matthew Fox? (laughs) He didn't like Lacey Corbett. What the hell is that? Lacey Corbett? Corbett? Who's that? Corbett. You know this the young sister on Oh Lacey Chabert. Corbett. Lacey this Corbett. This is why I forget words when I'm talking to you. Goodness, Corbett. We lived up to what we said. I was going to pronounce Lacey something Lacey Chabert, wrong. the original actress of Miss Meg Griffin. Lost in Space. Yeah, lost in- <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember her. No, but I mean, I can find women attractive and not make it sexual. I, I mean, but I did have crushes on these women. Sarah Michelle Gellar as well. I mean, I loved Buffy. Love. I didn't her. find Buffy. I was more of a Willow fan. And, and again, Faith. Like, Faith was everything to me. And, you know, I never even got on the Drusilla train. It was always Faith and Spike for me with Buffy. Those two did it for me so much on that show. Angel did not do it for me on that show. Well, this actually leads you to the biggest crush of my life. (laughs) David Boreanaz. One of, if I had to name the biggest crush of my life, I I can't tell you what David Boreanaz did to me. So some other moments that I want to highlight from the 90s. There was a moment in 90s. Look, he don't even want to hear about Angel. He (laughs) is, oh, he said David Boreanaz? Nope. (laughs) I'm going to 1994. This is... Keanu Reeves when he was looking very college-like with his buzz cut hair and his muscles in the movie Speed. I don't think I've, I mean, look, I noticed him all the way back in Parenthood when he was, you know, boyfriend to Martha Plimpton in the movie Parenthood. Yeah, well, because he had that scene with him in just in nothing but briefs. Like, he was a very sexy man. But, like, it was Speed that made me really be like, this is who Keanu Reeves is. And a lot of people will say Dracula when he's, you know, the savior or whatever. But for me... I didn't like that fake accent he put on in Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) But Speed in that moment when he's, like, under the bus and he's trying to lift himself up into the bus again and they focus on his arms but he was a cocky little boy in that one too so it's just like something about all of that so for me i was hoping this list would be smaller so i'll try and go through these really quickly clearly again we are thirsty individuals uh-uh. ryan Philippi, cruel intentions the pool butt shot was everything for us youngins i'm sure that was an awakening for someone but then also his i know what you did last summer workout shower post walking to his locker and this other gentleman who may not be much of a looker now to most people, but back then he was everything. I'm talking 1992, 1997, and 1999. This is Brendan Fraser. Oh, yes. Encino Man, George of the Jungle, yes. and The Mummy. He was everything in those movies, all three of them, for all different reasons. For me, like George of the Jungle, that hair and that body and that like zest for life, he was so happy i have never seen do you remember it was leslie mann who was the girl and she brings him back to you know the city or whatever do you remember when all the ladies were gawking at him running around with the horses and he had on that shirt that was like half open and his hair was like that was a scene everybody loved him in this movie but like the mummy he was just such the heroic action star and he had the one-liners he was just so good and i loved him in that and Sino man he was just a cool actor dude like you just wanted to be his friend so bad we have to close the 90s out with the pivotal moment in any gay man's life 1997 a certain someone with the buzz cut was doing laundry he's on go ahead and say it who am i thinking of this is batman 
forever. Batman and Rob. Wait. Batman and Robin. Is, no, no, no. Is it forever? The, the Riddler, right? Did he right? do the laundry scene in Batman Forever? I thought it was Batman and Robin, but you're right. It was Batman Forever. So it wasn't 1997. It was... When did that come out? Hold on. No, 95. God. Okay. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell, 1995, Batman Forever. You're absolutely right. When he's doing laundry, this is when we get to see his athleticism and his, you know, acrobatics there. And they had to give us those bat suits with the abs and the nipples. Yes, they did. But watching him do laundry was the best awakening I'm sure anybody can think of. When you look at him and you look at that, you know people found out they were gay because of that scene. It was, but even him in like Mad Love with Drew Barrymore, I still found him to be so attractive. He's a kid. In that, so like Chris O'Donnell and Batman Forever and Batman and Robin was yes so now we get to the 2000s i'm a grown-ass man in this decade so now i'm starting to notice a lot more but this is where i meet the love of my life oh yeah not in my real love life but on my on screen this was like the minute i saw this man it was over for everyone nobody can pass present and then the future like done as soon as i saw this wow oh my goodness so i met my husband in 2001 and i saw this pretty face and his geeky dorky quirky self in this movie and i never looked back this is jake gyllenhaal in bubble boy wow it was bubble boy that did it. that was bubble boy yes a lot of people go straight to donnie darko and he has been in movies before bubble boy of course but, you know, Bubble Boy was was it for me, watching him in that movie, just do his road trip traveling self. I think October Sky came out around that same time. He was also in another movie. I can't remember. He was such a young boy, but, like, Bubble Boy was it for me. And then Donnie Darko sort of solidified it, but that's when I first met him. Craziest movie in the world. So, yes, he is my first and one and Oh, God, I love him. He's never looked back, people. No, no. I mean, I've added other husbands, because usually you don't end up with your first. So there are husbands down the road that I have lists. It's like that a husband. I have I have a few. What about you? What who did it for you in 2000s? Where were you at? There was two that were the main squeezes throughout the 2000s. This is going to be Ewan McGregor starting in Star Wars episode really? 1. Really? Being a Star Wars fan my whole life, I was excited for these prequels. I but I remember gazing into a magazine one day, had no idea they were even coming out. And I saw a preview for it. He was standing next to Natalie Portman, Vanity Fair, 1999-2000. The movie was coming out. I was taken, Moulin Rouge. And then, therefore, I went to see every back movie, forward, every movie from the past, and everything Ewan McGregor. And then, S Club. <laughs> so it was S Club, okay. S Club. Paul Catamall. So out of the three boys, it was Paul. Natural music video, Waterfall, talking about people under waterfalls and music videos. Let's go second season, S Club. This is when they're in LA. (laughs) With Linda Blair living as in her house. God, that show. That season was amazing. Then he started to gain weight after that. I was still with him. I don't care. (laughs) Just to tie this on the band slash English note, Lee Latchard Evans steps okay they were on the same level now if you guys don't know who steps are so they are yeah there are there's a uk group that stood out from the bunch from your nsyncs and your backstreet boys you know and your you know westlife and all of those other boy bands there was steps that was a mixture of men and women and i don't know how they favored much in the in the united states at the time but there was one gentleman in that group of five that just had the face of gods like this next gentleman who i met in the 2000s and a lot of people will refer to their exposure of not another teen movie and yes he was cute in that but that didn't do it for me where it came alive was him walking into his lab because he had just found out about his powers as the human 
human torch. He burns off all of his clothes. He's got nothing on but his down jacket to cover his body. And I have never seen such sculpted, perfect chest hair in my life. Now, yeah, That chest and that hairy body of his and his buzz cut and just how fun he was. I have never in my life. I think that was one of those moments where I actually appreciated body hair was because of him. Husband number two, Chris Evans in Fantastic Four was a huge awakening for as far as type came. It just changed the moment I laid eyes on that man. So Okay, so this is weird. This is my, just wanted to randomly throw it out there. This is a video game character. No, it's not bad. Who do we got? Who do we got? Resident Evil Zero. You're cute. <laughs> Resident Evil Zero, Billy You're Cohen. cute. Okay, so why Billy? What's, what's with this dude? I think this is GameCube. This is 2002. Oh my god. You're playing the lead of Rebecca Chambers. This is a prequel to the original Resident Evil. She's on a train and her only comrade is this other player Billy who is who is a ex-marine who is accused of murder. He didn't do it. So I'm not in love with the murder everybody, but I think it's because Resident Evil is that so scary and then to have this man, his character is in a tank top with tattoos. His he's got like handcuffs on one of his arms still. I don't know. Is that a look? Apparently to you it is. And then anyway, but it's the first game that you could like swap between characters simultaneously. So I think having that other player there and I always was playing Rebecca cuz I wanted Billy to be there for me. He's got my back. I was Rebecca. So the Chris Redfields and the Reskers, like they didn't do Leon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just something specific about Billy that just did it. And he's only been in one, I think, and maybe that just makes it more interesting. But that was my game. That was my man. If I had to pick a video game character, just to make it a little fun and different. It's fair. It's totally fair. All right. So this is smack dab the First of the 2000, 2000, year 2000. It's a small little show where one of the sweetest guys that I had ever seen and one of the tallest, I I just loved him and what he did for Rory Gilmore. This is Dean, Jared Padalecki. And Rory. Jared Padalecki to me, like his height, that gigantic smile, like just does it for me yeah, so much. Yeah, because how much. tall is he? He looks massive. How tall is that man? Ryan, this man is 6'4". Oh, he's taller than six, me. I'm 6'2". Six, 6'4". Six, and can you believe, so his wife is only 5'4". She must be oh, picked up and spun Man, around. okay, but yeah, it's the height. <sighs> but I mean, later in the show, they turn Dean into an asshole to leave room for this new boy to start dating Rory. You know, the bad boy versus the nice guy and the bad boy. Another attractive man. Yeah, no. Yes, Milo is definitely attractive. Milo at V. Vent. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Well, and you pronounced it wrong. So now I immediately forgot his last name. Um, Ventimiglia, I think is. Ventimiglia. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Dean kind of turned into an asshole later because he had noticed that Rory and Josh, I don't don't know if it was Josh. I can't remember his name on Gilmore Girls, but like they clearly had an attraction. They even kind of cheated and he knew better, but he had handled it wrong and all this drama happened and they broke up. And I was, this is how like dedicated I am to this man when they broke up I quit the show like I stopped watching it just wow. it was the real to me so I watched maybe a little bit of second season and then this was this happened on Dawson's Creek like this bad boy that you want to see the girl with he turns out to be a self-loathing like you know <laughs> whimper kid like they just want to i don't deserve you and i'm horrible i'm nothing don't be around me and i'm like i just broke up with a man for you like shut the fuck up and take the win <laughs> just do it they right do yeah it exactly. all the time on these shows and i was like okay this is the most cliche shit i'm done and so i gave up and i didn't pick up on gilmore girls again until the revival came out and i started all the way over and watched the entire series oh to lead up to the revival. So I have seen the whole series now, but I was dedicated to Dean. And to this day, I still love Dean, the character, and I still love Jared Padalecki. He played, you said, like the ideal man. He was such a sweetheart. And for anyone who is not really part of that Gilmore Girls sort of phenomenon, let's jump up until a moment that could be an awakening for most is 2009, Friday the 13th reboot, where he comes in looking for his sister as the 
devoted, polite gentleman that he was on a motorcycle. Jared Padalecki in Friday 13th was everything. He had grown into his body. Like the man has never been that buff up until that point. Like it was, he was everything. And now he he embraces the scruffiness, his long hair. I love the man, Jared Padalecki. Super now. And now he's going to be Walker, Texas Ranger in a reboot. I'm watching it <laughs> right after we record. But yeah, Jared is everything to me. And I just love that man. That is a good yeah. choice. That is a good choice. Okay. So now we're still in the 2000s. This this 2000s stretched on for a long time. I mean, aside from the, you know, decades that we did in the 80s and 90s, I was only 10 years. This is a span of 20, so. This is 20. Oh, my God. Yes, it is. Oh, should we give it up for a little Shane West? I just, I randomly, I wrote him down. Walk to Remember, 2002. I, whatever, more. whatever it takes for, for me, for Shane West. Yeah. Walk to Remember is great. I do love him in that, but it was, it was whatever it takes for me. I want to say recently... Okay, so recent, I would say, that really could turn my eye in my old age. This is 2015, and this is a double, going back to Star Wars. Okay. This was teased and possibly promised to us, but this is Oscar Isaac and John Baiega as Finn and Poe. Okay, that is fair. The Force Awakens awoken me (laughs) the sad part is these two characters were so close and the actors wanted them to be in a relationship throughout the whole movie and oscar was still upset even after they filmed the last one that it didn't happen yeah how many times you get two straight guys that are so convincing that have more chemistry than the leads i'm sorry i love you daisy ridley and adam driver if there was a romance in this star wars trilogy it was not ray and kylo it was finn and poe totally agree god he gives him his jacket rob (laughs) he gives him his jacket and he's in between the movies he sews it for him Poe. He sews it for him. This is what you do. You give your man your jacket. That's how you did it in the 90s. Very fair. Very fair. So 2001, it's another horror film because that's where I find all my men's. There is a particular moment. It is Justin Long. He is changing out of his dirty shirt from coming out of that tunnel and they focus the camera on his chiseled body and that belly button that is four days with that rose tattoo around it. Picturing it in my eyes right now. That's how many times I've seen that movie. But he's also a goofball. You know, like, this is when I've... You see a trend here? You see a trend. I solidify myself just in love with these funny, geeky guys. And, like, he's so kind of petite but he's just funny he's just fun and i just like him and like but it wasn't until that shirt scene that i was just like oh my god you're actually also gorgeous but here's the thing i knew of him and didn't realize it until after jeepers creepers that his very first appearance on screen he played a ultimate geek in galaxy quest he was the one that saved the day at the end of the movie because he believed in the show. That was his first role. But you throw in like dodgeball and going the distance where they really focused on how beautiful this man is under those clothes. Yeah, I think by that time they're like, oh, okay, yeah. we got something here. He's, he's, <laughs> he's such a gorgeous man. But he would show up in a lot of different stuff. And he was always the geek that I kind of wanted to not only be, but to also be with. Yeah, he was just so good good at it so he would appreciate those valentines and my last guy that i just want to highlight while there is many 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 more i don't know how he did it and i think again it was probably the geek look because he comes in with a baseball cap and he is just the sweetest guy he's super nice and he wants to help everyone i'm talking about glenn re from Walking Dead, Mr. Steven Yuen. Like, he is truly, such a truly gorgeous though. human being. Cute. And just to watch his elevation in the show, he just, he got handsomer every season. Now he's starring in his own shit, and I will never take my eyes off him ever again. I love Steven Yuen so much. Yes, his character, everyone was devastated when yeah. Glenn yeah. almost died. <laughs> We thought he was dead, then came back. Yeah, yeah. Glenn. Those are my 2000 men right there. Can I just say an honorable mention of a timeless beauty that I was obsessed with as a teenager, James Dean. Really? I feel like that's a cliche for some people. But that's what he is, so why not? Oh my god, timeless, timeless beauty, obsessed. I mean, can I tell you, books 
documentaries, posters, everything with this man. I was obsessed with him. <laughs> Definitely wanted to just give it up to him. Awesome. That's so awesome. So, Ryan, what do you think about just sort of how Valentine's Day... I mean, yes, we may be a little biased because as we were younger, you know, young love was a lot bigger and brighter. But, I mean, do you think that there are any of the older cliches and, and methods and things that we did in the 90s that may work today that we should try and make a thing again? Or are those old ways done? Like, would a mixtape do something for someone, you know, or passing of a note or things like that? I was just going to say, are you going to check the note? <laughs> I think that's still a but none, I mean, But it doesn't have to be just the schoolyard sort of mentality of, but just this idea of like having to to go up to a person and actually say what you're feeling versus right. like texting and things like that. Like, what do you think about sort of that generation gap and just the retro way of doing things? Like, could you do those same things today? Like, are you confident enough to just go up to somebody and just do it old school instead of just sending a text or something? Like, would these methods work? You mentioned it earlier. The, the modern now is Spotify playlists. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there is a lot of kids that are almost nostalgic, like these younger teens now I know are so really obsessed with the 90s yeah. again because we're mm -hmm. old and it's come back around but I see though that there's almost a trend with I could see kids doing mixtapes not deep CDs or K or something yeah. like that but can you imagine in today's if someone went above and beyond and made you a physical disc took the time to burn those songs on a disc still as opposed to just become up with a playlist and you know like I think people I mean but I think this is coming from an older generation but I don't know if younger kids are doing this but people are still dedicating songs on radio stations you know that was also yeah, a oh. thing that happened back in the day too i mean that's a great point a great and point. it's not even i always dreamed of but that. it's not so much of the act you know if somebody had did that for me i don't think it had anything to do with the fact that a song was played on the radio or that my name was shouted out on a radio station you know what i would pull from that is the fact that it takes work to do it it's the fact that that they put right. the effort into the action to make something like that happen. You have to call a radio station. You have to wait to be on there. You have to hope that they actually play your song. Like just the right. work alone right. is what I would value versus the actual gift. Yes, I'm not saying putting a playlist is like a lazy thing to do, but I mean, just think about how much effort people did in the 90s and in the 80s to show someone how much they were into you with the effort that was put in. It took a lot of steps and a lot of dedication to to do that kind of stuff. So you know what I just remembered? The roses. Do you remember that you could have roses? Oh my god! To your crushes in school. I never got oh, a rose on. I but. may have gotten one. I don't even remember, and it may have been a pity rose just because we were like friends. And and you know that's fine. It's whatever. But that's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. But I feel like that's so degrading for somebody when they come to the class there was a moment where i i did deliver them to classes it was a fun ride i enjoyed that that was cool but yeah watching all the popular kids get them all the time i do remember that in middle school that's so funny <laughs> it just came to me when you were saying that i was like oh my god the roses the roses when someone goes above and beyond what a difference especially a valentine's day make that homemade card <laughs> crayons so yeah to all the radicals you know like hopefully you guys have a great valentine's day if not watch your anti valentine's day horror film and just veg out on some junk food and this it's another day it's just another day do not put so much pressure on it I certainly have not. It's been a long while since I've celebrated the day, to be honest. And I, I, I don't, I don't look at that as a reflection on me or anything like that. So hopefully, you guys can get through this next V day without, you know, any kind of judgment to yourself. And Ryan can speak for the couples. <laughs> Well, for those couples out there and beyond, I hope that everyone, like you're saying, make it every day is Valentine's Day. Like Rob said, treat your significant other with love and kindness. Why not? Have some fun. I'm sure we missed so many people that were highlighted back in the day. So that was the Radical Retro Rewind for this week. Thanks again to Rob. Yeah, we could have went on forever, but my God, where can the people find you? I have two shows currently right now, Movie Geek and Proud and Brunch with 
with the Hollowells. They both should be well into their current season. We are on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us on any podcast app for the most part, specifically Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. MovieGeekAndProud.com That is a fantastic website. Please check it out, everybody. MovieGeek.com And the Radical Retro Rewind podcast is Radical Retro Podcast. One word, Instagram, always being updated. Next week, we'll be back with an all-new episode. And then the following week will be Thundercats Friday as the last episode of the month. Ho! Yes, ho! (laughs) God, that echo. (laughs) Thank you again, everybody. Take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.